Welcome <clears throat> to another fabulous edition of Sassy Nation on this Tuesday, the 25th of January, 2022. Yes, folks, January's getting there. It's almost over. Relax. I know January sucks for some of you. And some of you, like, you know, tweet out, which is kind of actually true, that January always feels like the longest freaking month. But don't worry, it's coming to a close. Hopefully January has been good to you like it's been good to me. Um, and if not, don't worry. One, one of these days with my uh, podcast, I will talk about manifestations and how to manifest it because it's awesome. And everybody should meditate and manifest that, manifest and pray. I'm telling you, it, it's beautiful. But anyhow, let's talk about all those awesome NFC and AFC games over the past weekends. Now, I know last week on my show, I did mention to you that the games were boring. Yes, the wildcard games were blowouts, and I was just hoping and praying that these games would not be blowouts. Well, we got more than we wanted, really. I mean, I mean, you couldn't have asked for a better freaking football weekend. So I'm just going to start with the first game that I wanted to start with, which was the San Francisco 49ers and the Green Bay Packers, because I know I picked Green Bay to win the Super Bowl, and boy, my God have mercy. The San Francisco defense won that game, fair and square, and special teams. The defense held the 49ers' defense, first of all, two, three sacks of Rodgers. No, wait, two, four, five sacks. They got five sacks. Now, he didn't throw any interceptions. Okay. But they got five sacks. The offensive line for Green Bay broke down. The 49ers... Offense was not the greatest. I mean, Jimmy G was 11 for 19, 131, and one interception. Um, and I mean, George Kittle got four receptions for 63 yards. You had Eli Mitchell run 17 carries for 53. Those were like the top ones. But Robbie Gould was the star of that game, besides the defense. So he was two for two. With his field goals, he got seven points on the board for the team. Um, he got a 45-yard field goal. And if you watched video that was posted online, I think I saw it on Twitter. No, no, no. Maybe it was Instagram. Where he was practicing his long kicks while the Green Bay Packers were being introduced. How fucking awesome is that? He was like, you know, I'm practicing. I don't care if you guys are introducing yourselves. I'm out here kicking it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love that. So, anyhow, I mean, that game, you know, people are like, oh, is Aaron Rodgers really a Hall of Famer? Is Aaron Rodgers really MVP? People, the team is a team. It's more than just Aaron Rodgers. His offensive line broke down. Okay. He, he was rushed. I don't have the numbers, but he was rushed many times to throw that ball. He was only, he was 20 for 29. But still, the San Francisco defense stuffed the run. Think about that. They stuffed the run. They couldn't run. I mean, Aaron Jones had only 12 carries for 41 yards. You had A.J. Dillon had seven carries for 25 yards. 
there was no running game really established in the entire game. The earlier game, which was the Bengals and Titans, which was another awesome game. First of all, what can you say about Joey Burrow? <laughs> what can, I mean, my Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. Is he elite quarterback or what? Coming off knee surgery. Having an impressive, an impressive year. And then being sacked nine times. Having your offensive line suck like that in a playoff game. Let's be real, because they freaking ass sucked. Nine sacks. And he overcame each and every single one of them. Got that ball down to his favorite receiver, Chase, who he has said in a press conference earlier in the, in the year. I think maybe it was the last game of the season, if I'm not mistaken, where he said, I just throw the ball up there and I know that Chase is going to catch it. You see, because he has trust with that receiver since college. They know each other. They have chemistry. And they also, you know, they know each other. That's so important for a receiver and a quarterback to have that trust and chemistry with each other. That's all he had to do. One throw. And then, I mean, come on. They drafted a freaking ass awesome, awesome kicker in McPherson. Four for four. 54 yards was his longest one. He got 13 points for his team. 13 points. So special teams won this game. Special teams won this game. Now let's check. Let's see how the defense did. Um, I mean, the, the Bengals' defense didn't do that bad. I mean, they had, they had three interceptions. They sacked Tannehill once. They sacked Tannehill once. Um, they had a good game. But let's face it. If it wasn't for McPherson, they wouldn't be in, they wouldn't be in the um, AFC Championship game. Against the Kansas City Chiefs, who will get in that game last. So the Rams and the Buccaneers. That game was also incredible. Now, at first, it was boring because the Rams were running away with it. Um, the Rams' defense had one interception against Brady, one, two, two sacks. Not bad. Not bad. You had, but I mean, look at Cooper Cup. Nine receptions, 183 yards, especially that last catch. That last catch that led up to Matt Gay's um, winning field goal. 40 yards. Hello? Another one. So you had a 54-yarder. You had a 40-yarder, and then you had, I think, a f something, a 40, another, another 45-yard field goal to win three games in a row. So the first three games were won by field goals with no time left. No time left. So the Rams won it on a 40-yard field goal. The Bengals won it on a 54-yard field goal. And... The 49ers won it on a 45-yard on a 45-yard field goal. Unbelievable. 
I even put on like Instagram and, and I put it on Twitter too that if the Chiefs and Buffalo Bills game went down to a freaking ass field goal at the end of the game, I would I would be dead. I'm dead. I can't even. That would be so incredible, right? Well, well, that game was even more fucking incredible than I ever thought, and, and anybody could ever imagine. I mean, my God. Okay, back and forth, back and forth. It was just nuts. And I posted on Twitter. I don't know if Giant fans saw it. But let me go to my tweet tweets. My tweet tweets. That's what I like to call them. My tweet tweets. My twerks. <laughs> you know what? That's what Twitter should really be called. The tweets. Your twerks. Let's just twerk it out. Okay. Um, profile. Hold on. I'm going to find it. Because. Hold on. Um, hold on. Here's something to think about. The Bills and Chiefs scored 25 points over the final 1 minute 54 of the regulation. The New York Giants scored 26 points over their final four games of the season. How freaking incredible is that? Now, here is how all four divisional round games were won by walk-offs. Bengals beat the Titans with the last-second field goal. 49ers beat the Packers with a last-second field goal. Rams beat the Bucs with a last-second field goal. And Chiefs beat the Bills with an overtime TD. Incredible. I mean, how can any weekend be any better? But here's the question I have for the Bills. After you got that touchdown to put you ahead, why did they not scribble kick? Why did they not scribble kick? 13 seconds left. That's all you had to do. And you would have won the fucking game. But you gave Mahomes, who is great at that too. I mean, there are a couple quarterbacks that are great under pressure. Mahomes is one of those quarterbacks. You gave him the chance to do what he does, and he did it. And his kicker, Butler, Buckler, got a 49-yard field goal to send you to overtime. And now let's talk about overtime rules, because I even mentioned this last year, and I mentioned this in the playoffs, they have to change the rules. Maybe keep the overtime rules the same way during the regular season because it's the regular season. But no team should win because of a to uh, coin toss. Because you know they're going to want the ball if they win the coin toss. Heads, oh, oh, we're receiving. Tails, oh, oh, we're receiving. It doesn't make a difference. If the Bills won the coin toss and won the game like that, I'd still feel the same way. But you have two awesome quarterbacks going head-to-head. -head. And you don't get Josh Allen to get it there on the field? No, that's wrong. That's wrong. I think they should go back to college rules for the overtime and playoff games. So both teams get a chance to match, right? And then if they both match, the next possession wins. I think that's how they have to go about it. They have to change those rules. I don't know how much more anybody could have taken, but, I mean, come on. 
So let's look at the stats. Mahomes, 33 for 44, 373 yards for three TDs. Okay, he also ran for 69 yards, by the way. Tyreek Hill, 11 carries, 150 yards. Travis Kelsey, eight carries, eight receptions, I mean, for 96. And then, of course, the most important touchdown of all. Again, you see the chemistry that Kelsey and Mahomes have. His tight end has that chemistry, the same as Chase has the chemistry with Burrow. But he's a wide receiver, but still, still receiver. That's what a quarterback needs, is that chemistry and that trust. They trusted Kelsey to win the game. How awesome is that? Bills, Josh Allen, 27 for 37, 329 yards for four TDs. Devin Singletary, who was my sleeper pick, if you listened to my shows in the beginning of the year with fantasy football. Uh, 10 carries, 26 yards, 1 TD. Beasley, 6 receptions for 60. But Davis, number 13, Davis. Remember his name for next year, guys. 8 receptions for 201 yards. 4 TDs. He got all four touchdowns. He scored all four points. All four. All four TDs. And then the kicker only got the four extra points. But think about that. If it wasn't for Davis, would would we still be talking about the game? I mean, Beasley... Um, Knox didn't do that much. I mean, he had nine yards for two two receptions. Um, you had Beasley have six. Davis had eight. How many times did the defense for Buffalo sack um, Mahomes? Let's see. One, two. So they had two sacks. The defense was okay. Let's look at the Chiefs for a second. Um... Here's the difference between the Chiefs and the Bills. Receiving, Hill, 11 receptions for 150. Kelsey for 8 for 96. McKinnon, 5 for 54. And then it was spread out a little bit. But the defense, one, and only sacked, oh, sacked him one, two times. So, I mean, the game was pretty much won because it was more evenly spread out between receivers. But that's an awesome game. So, okay. And then we have, now next week, conference championships. The Bengals versus Chiefs, which will be at 3 p.m. on Sunday. And the 49ers and the Rams, which will be at 6.30 on Sunday. Picks. I picked the Bengals. Sorry, but not sorry. I really picked. I, I believe in Joe Burrow. He is an elite quarterback. I believe in him. I believe he's going to get the job done. If he can if he can outlast nine sacks. Just think about what he can do this weekend. And then the 49ers and the Rams. I picked the 49ers. I'm going with the two teams, the Bengals and the 49ers, who beat the first seed. The top the top macho man of the of the of the league in, in each league. The top Uno, you know, number one team. I picked them. Now, I'm not saying the Rams aren't that good. I just think that the 49ers defense is just way too good. 
their special teams just way too good. So it's going to be a Bengals versus 49ers Super Bowl. Mark it down. That's what I say. Now, I said that the I thought the Green Bay Packers were going to get there. No one could no one could have predicted that the 49ers defense was going to come out and steamroll them. But it happens. Like the saying goes, any given Sunday. So anyhow, um, so just a couple little news and notes. So I'm going to look this up first because I'm not 100% sure. So before I say anything, that's what I'm going to do. Um, okay. NFL Network, rookie. NFL rookie rankings. Okay. Um, no, don't allow. All right. Number one, obviously, is Jamar Chase. Two, they have Mika Parsons. Three, they have Slater. Four, they have Kyle Picks. Five, they have Humphrey. Six, they have Waddle. Seven, they have Certain. Eight, they have Phillips. Nine, they have Mac Jones. Ten, they have Harris. Eleven, they have Penny or Penny, whatever his name is, Swindell. Okay. S-E-W-E-L-L. The guy that I wanted the Jets to draft at number two. I'm going to say that again. The guy I wanted the Jets to draft at number two. Okay. Um, the Ravens, um, the Baltimore Ravens um, linebacker. Starts with an O-W-E-H. Sorry, I cannot pronounce your name. <laughs> um, Holland at 13. Bolton at 14. Devion Smith at 15. Uh, Barmore at 16. Williams at 17. Elijah Mitchell at 18. Greg Newsome, the second, at 19. Trey Smith at 20. St. Brown at 21. Then here they have, here, ready? Two Jets in a row. They got... Tucker at 22, and they have Michael Carter at 23. I'm going to get back to that. At 24, they have the New York Giants linebacker, Azizi. I think that's Azizi. I guess that's how you say it. A-Z-E-E-Z. That's his first name. And then 25, they have David Mills. Okay. All right. Carter missed time during his injury, but he still made the list. Then they have here that the Jets, um, with Tucker, he's fabulous. Yeah, a block. He's outstanding. His outstanding work to the second level can easily anchor and pass protection. Okay. Where the fuck is Zach Wilson? Where is Zach Wilson on this on this list? He's not in your top 25. Yet, yet, he was in your top 25 list for quarterbacks that should have been taken in the first round and where is trevor lawrence where the fuck is trevor lawrence in this in this list you know you're um the one that everybody like gawked over because he's a generational talent if he's a fucking general generational talent he should be in this top list don't you think this is why ranking this shit is stupid before they even get to the nfl because if we can look at it and i will look at it i will tell you I will tell you, the NFL top 25 draft picks for 2021. Okay. Um, let's go and look to see. Okay, here we are. 
This is because it's the same people who, who do this stuff. It's Jer Daniel Jeremiah. Ready? This is this is what he said. His top 150 prospects, right? But let's look at his top. Number one ranked was Trevor Lawrence. He's not even in your top 25 rookies. Two was Kyle Pitts. Three was Jamar Chase. Four was Zach Wilson. He was number four. He's not even in your top 25 rookie. Class of 2021. Now here's what he says. Wilson has average height and a lean narrow frame for the quarterback position. He's an excellent athlete and generates several wow plays in every game I've studied. Wilson has a dynamic throwing motion. He carries the ball low, but once his hand separates, the ball comes out in a hurry with high level of RPMs. He's extremely accurate from a variety of platforms and arm angles. If he can stay healthy, his upside is enormous. So he said his only real concern is his durability. He's effective on designated, undesigned QB runs, and part of his game will need to be limited at the next level due to his lack of size. Yet, Daniel Jeremiah, you ranked Zach Wilson at number four, but yet in your top 25 rookies for 2021, he's not even in your top 25. Neither is the guy that you have ranked at number one, Trevor fucking Lawrence. Lawrence is tall, long, and athletic quarterback. He has a long delivery, and he can still get the ball out quickly and explodes out of his hand. He shows excellent touch and placement on those throws. He can really drive the ball down the field when called upon, and he has the ability to layer the ball in the middle of the field. His overall accuracy is excellent at all three levels. He does need to improve his pocket awareness. He is a dangerous runner because his build-up speed and toughness. Overall, he is ready to start right away and has the tools to ultimately emerge as a top five player in his position. Yet he's not on this list. That's what I'm saying. Stop making a big fucking deal about the top draft prospects before they enter the NFL and then create a whole different list with the top rookies. Because you know what? The list is different because they have to actually perform first to get on that list. Now, yes, Pitts is on the list. Jamar Chase obviously is on the list. Now here he was number three. In the top 25 rookie list, he was number one. Waddle's on the list. Devon, Devion Smith is on the list. Now look at me. Trey Lance is on this list. He didn't even play, so he can't even be on the list. Justin Fields is number eight. Was he on the list? You had uh, Sir, Sertan was on the list. Slater's here. Suell actually finished at number 11 and was on number 11. That's the only one that actually was where he was. Mika Parsons was on here. Tucker is at 13. J.C. Horn is at 14, but he definitely got, he got hurt. Jeremiah, oh, Jeremiah O-W-U-S-U. I can never pronounce last names. He was here. Then you have Trayvon Mooring. You have Payden, Pay, or Mark uh, Payne. You have Gregory Rasayu. You have Travis, e okay, num mm -hmm. You have, oh, oh, mm -hmm. You have Jalen Phillips. You have Harris from Alabama here. 
you have Caleb Farley here on this list, Jermaine or Jamin Davis ranked 23. You have Collins here at 24, and you have Jevion Wilson, I mean, Williams at number 25. And here at ranked 26 was Elijah Moore, but yet Michael Carter made your top 25 rookies, and Elijah Moore did not. Like I'm telling you and all Jets fans out there, you all thought Elijah Moore was going to be your elite wide receiver. He is not a wide receiver one, nor is he, he's, he's not even a two. Well, he's kind of a two or three. I put him at a two. Actually, I put him at a three because I have Corey Davis at number two. They still need a number one receiver for, for Wilson. And Wilson needs a freaking ass tight end. Can we fucking get him a tight end? You see how Trevor Kelsey made and broke that game. Either he was going to make it or break it. You see Patrick Mahomes always throwing to Travis Kelsey. You see Tom Brady always throwing to Rob Joukowsky. Tight end, tight end, tight end. That's what Wilson needs. He needs a tight end. And he also needs a wide receiver one. Let's look to see where they have Carter, because I'm curious now. Mac Jones was 32, by the way. Let's just keep going. Um, I'm just curious to see where he is. I'm still looking for him. He's not even on this list yet. I'm, up, I'm back up to like 50, and he's not even here yet. Do you see what I'm saying? They have a Michael Carter. Ready? The running back was ranked 59th on this top 150 prospects, and somehow ends up in the top 25. You have Zach Wilson at number four for the top prospects, and he's not even in your fucking list. Now, definitely Zach Wilson improved during the year. He definitely improved 100%. But he needs help in order to maintain that greatness and to be great. And I'm going to say it again. Maybe it clicks into your brains out there. It's true that a quarterback can get a pass off now and then and even complete a few under pressure. And some heroic performances have happened. But that's not consistent game after game. You need effective pass protection. Great quarterbacks need a good or better offensive line to maintain greatness. The reason teams have an offensive line is to protect the quarterback. If the quarterback gets pressured and isn't protected, chances are he gets sacked. And you can't survive in the NFL as a quarterback if that's what you're constantly going to be doing is getting sacked and not be able to execute the play. If you want Zach Wilson to be that elite quarterback for the Jets, that's what they need to do for him. He needs pass protection. He needs a fucking tight end and a freaking wide receiver one. Spend the fucking money, Joe Douglas. Trade some of your freaking picks for an actual tight end or a wide receiver or an offensive lineman. I don't care who you do, but get him that protection. Now, let's talk about Sam Darnold. Because I don't think the Panthers understand what they're doing. You're going to hire Ben McAdoo? as your offensive coordinator. Um, hello, Ben McAdoo is the fucking asshole who benched Eli Manning for Geno Smith. 
Ben McAdoo is the one who doesn't even like Sam Donald, who didn't even think that Sam Donald should have been drafted at number three. Yet you're going to bring him in there to work with Sam Donald? How fucking stupid are you? Good luck, Sam. Good luck. Luckily, Sam is resilient and gritty, and he wants to win, and he wants to succeed, and he's a great leader. Because, honey, you're going to need that shit if you want to stay an NFL starting quarterback. Because they're setting you up to fail. They're not setting you up to win. They're setting you up to fail. I will be shocked. I will be shocked if Sam does well with Ben McAdoo as his offensive coordinator. I will be shocked. I feel bad for Sam. Because every time, every, every freaking time he's handed, you know, the short end of the stick. And he doesn't deserve that. He doesn't deserve that at all. He deserves to win. He deserves to be successful because he is that type of quarterback. But anyway, and um, well, my cheerleader is just texting me. Um, any, anywho, <laughs> um. So Jay Glazer wrote a book about mental health because he had a mental health breakdown. So is this the is this the in thing now? Every time we have a fucking mental breakdown, we're gonna write a book or talk about our mental health to make money off mental health. You know what would be better if Jay Glazer actually donated all the proceeds he made from his book to a mental health charity that helps people who actually have mental breakdowns. And I'm not saying he hasn't had a mental breakdown. I just don't find it um, very appealing that all of a sudden we're going to talk about mental health like we all know what the fuck we're talking about. Put it out there in a writing in a book, sell it to make fucking money off it. How does that help anybody? That's helping him by putting money in his, in his pocket. How, there are many, many, many charities he can donate the money to from that book. I guess that's the in thing now, right? So everybody has to write a stupid ass book about mental health. Oh, I went through my mental health breakdown and nobody knew that I was suffering, but I succeeded and I overcame that challenge. And now I'm here to you today to tell you how to come over your challenge. Buy my book for $19.99. Fill my pockets with money because I'm greedy. And that's all I'm going to care about now is my book. Now, when I write a book, I write a book to help people, right? When I write a book, it's from my experience, yes. But we, do we have to classify it as mental health book? He ain't no doctor. Like I say, when I write a book, I'm writing a book with facts and research. That's my book on relationships and dating apps and social media. It's all about, A, their experience. B, they're about, it's about research that's actually been done. So I'm giving you true numbers and true stats. And three, it's not my opinion of how I survived. <laughs> God. And on that note, so I wrote a blog post yesterday um, about NFL players and relationships. Go read it. 
on Friday, if you are a paid subscriber, you will get the inside scoop on that because there are some NFL players anonymously who I don't know who they are. Um, I don't even know who they are, but I can figure out who some of them are, though. Answer questions about relationships and women. It's very interesting to see where it goes. So I will go and I will spill the beans on that Friday. Also, I will give you a social media tip of the day. And I will give you one free right here. And I will end my show on this. Social media tip of the day. If you are not doing reels, start doing them. But don't be stupid like I see some people do, where every post that they post is a reel. Don't do that shit. You're not going to help your cause if you're going to keep doing reels and that's all you're going to do. You're going to actually hurt yourself. Do it like this. Ready? If you're going to do four posts a day on Instagram, here's how you should post. Post, post, reel. That's it. Three times a day. Don't do it four. If the fourth thing should be story. So you should do post, post, reel, story. Then switch it up the next day. Do story, story, real post. Then the next day should be real, real, real post, real post. Then the next day should be story, real, story, real. See how I'm doing it? I'm switching it up. I'm not doing the same shit over and over again. So many businesses, brands, entrepreneurs, athletes do the same kind of stuff back and forth every single day. Stop doing that shit. You're not helping yourself. So I redid three quarterbacks Instagrams. I did Joey Burrow, I did Zach Wilson, I did Sam Darnold. Go take a look at them. And you will see how different they all are. They're different because they're different people. They have different personality. And they're different, you know, quarterbacks. And they play for different teams. So obviously you wanna you wanna have your Instagram reflect who you are and that's basically what almost every NFL player is missing on their in their Instagram. Uh, they don't have a reflection as to who they are personality-wise. You know, oh, I had co- I got to constantly keep seeing pictures of them on the field, pictures of them in uniform, pictures of them doing the stop. Post who you are as a person. So if you notice, I wrote down all the different tips as to how they should post. Um, Zach Wilson, Sam Darnold, and Joey Burrow. I'm gonna do two other quarterbacks. I think I'm going to do Jimmy J because he's in the, I'll do Jimmy G's. Um, if he were to post what I would do, and I would do, I'm going to do Matthew Stafford too. So, because they're two totally dynamic, different quarterbacks. So we'll do those. So I will see you sometime this week. I think I'm going to do the Sassy Show, which is presented by Rockland World Radio on Thursday this week. I think I will do that Thursday. And then Friday will be the recordings of a fangirl, hashtag sarcasm, free account and paid version. And with that said, have a wonderful Tuesday and have a great Wednesday. I will see you all on Thursday on my Facebook page. Bye, y'all.